All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Founders Corner. I'm here with Roderick, and he is a person that I actually personally admire. And I've talked to um, five years ago, I think it was the first time we uh, we conversed. I heard him on another podcast. And uh, in that podcast, uh, he said something that really hit home for me. And that was hope is not a strategy. And uh, honestly, I've believed that for a very long time that you can't just hope and, and, and believe that to be a strategy. So I reached out and we had a great conversation about sales and enablement, um, which is his baby. Um, and he, and he's, uh, he's one of the great pioneers of the entire um, role of sales enablement. And he is himself a founder. So I reached out to him and I said, look, I would love to have a conversation with you on my podcast. So here you, here we are. Roderick, welcome. How are you doing? My absolute honor, man. It's good awesome. to be here. I can't believe that was five years ago. That was five and, years and maybe ago. That's it's right. The whole COVID thing, but it feels like a blink. Yeah, I, I call I call COVID the the blimp. Like the, the, it didn't happen. The two years was just. It, it, I'm I'm still two years younger. <laughs> it just disappeared. Um, just so, listen. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I I love your book. I, I read your book. Um, Thank you. And by the way, listeners, uh, the book is called uh, Sales Enablement 3.0. And I loved everything you said in there because what you do is you bring a bridge. I call it the bridge between like the mark, like any department and the sales. So why don't you tell us like high level what you believe sales enablement is? You know, it's interesting when I explain enablement, I never even use the words. (laughs) <laughs> because, it, well, the reason is there's not a clear definition intentionally. Right. So I created the nomenclature about 17 years ago and had, and honestly, I was being a smart ass when I created it. <laughs> I was talking to my sales leader and he said, you know what? It's taking too long to ramp people up, throw training at it. Yeah. Our leaders are having a problem leading and their managers throw training at it. Disco and qualls down, throw training at it. They can't handle objections, throw training at it. And I said, no, actually, training is what we need because you train animals, you enable people. I'm not trying to teach people to sit or roll over. And so to answer your question, I answer it this way. Think about an orchestra. You've got strings, brass, percussion, woodwinds, all trying to play the same song at the same time. Sometimes they step over each other. Sometimes they're, they're out of tune. Same thing happens inside of a company, marketing, product marketing, HR, engineering, L&D, sales, enablement. We're all trying to do the right thing for the prospect, but sometimes left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Sometimes they're out of sync. Sometimes they're not orchestrated until one person and or in this case, an organization, which I believe is an enablement, steps up, proverbially taps that stand as the orchestra master and all that noise and chaos becomes a beautiful sheet of music. Right. Now, that's great for an analogy. Inside of a company, I think it's about um, breaking the complexity of sales into kind of practical applications through scalable, repeatable practices that ultimately leads to accelerated speed to revenue, increased seller productivity, and then finally customers for life by tying the front and the back into the house. I think there's kind of three components. There's the communication. Everything has to be clear, concise, and consistent. Has to be collaboration. Everyone not just is aligned, but knows what their role is. And then finally, the orchestration, that it's all being done consistently. And and you mentioned that in your book. 
um, which I actually, I, I love how you laid that out um, because, because a lot of people, they almost react to, you know, for example, you mentioned in your books that, um, or in your book that, um, you know, uh, one of the tech companies you were working for, they were struggling with average deal size. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and, and really it's like, okay, how do you deal with that? And it becomes more reactive versus proactive, right? Oh, hundred percent. And that's the 100%. issue is like, how do you, how do you bring that mentality of, okay, like for example, a founder like myself, mm -hmm. when I, as I'm like building my, uh, my business, you and I had the conversation and I'm always thinking like, how do I make it kind of create the system to be enablement mm -hmm. friendly? Does that make sense? Right. Well, first of all, I wouldn't look at it as being enablement friendly. Let's start there. Okay. Um, and I'm talking to two of my fellow founders and I say fellow because I started my consulting group um, about four years ago, Roderick okay. Jefferson and Associates. So okay. I am one of us. I know the secret handshake. Yeah. I, I'm in the club. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> right. This isn't it's, some guy that, that comes from these large clubs. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, sometimes you get folks from these large companies that just don't understand what it's like to be a founder and all of the, the stress, the um, adulation, all the pieces that comes into place, right? Yep. What I think is if you are a founder, I want you to, to stop thinking about your sales processes, your sales stages, your sales methodologies. Let's call it sales motions. Put those aside for I a like second. That. Take that hat off. I want you to start thinking about the buyer's journey only. Then I don't mean who's your ICP. That's different. We all know your ideal client profile or you wouldn't have a company. I want you to really focus on the buyer's journey. Who buys, when do they buy, how do they buy, and most importantly, why do they buy, right? And then take that process and then move it into all of your sales motions instead of trying to shoehorn the prospect into all of your selling motions. Uh-huh. So you're saying as a founder, the first thing you should be doing before any of those processes and things like that, first thing you need to do is figure out how your customer even buys before you even get Absolutely. into the ideal side which i agree otherwise with. check this out all you have is an expensive hobby yeah <laughs> and, <laughs> and nobody and it does get it, it does get pricey doesn't it oh absolutely <laughs> it does and yeah. because sometimes when you're just kind of throwing things against the the wall and hoping that it'll stick never has that been a successful model yeah when you're really taking all of that energy and all of that outbound piece, and you're targeting it at people that not just will buy, but need to buy, the whole ball game changes. Right. And you, I mean, you know, you've been a founder yourself, um, and you've dealt with multiple founders. What would you say is the number of first mistake that almost most of them make right off the bat? Oh, it, it's easy. When you are talking to your ideal customer profile, your ICP, yeah, you're talking to them about why they need to buy from you. They're talking, you're talking about what you sell. And we make the mistake of, of approaching things like, I can't even believe your company is successful without my stuff. <laughs> right? We've all seen it before, right? Because we live it every day. So we're like, why would you not buy my stuff? We literally, I, I remember I started the company at first. That's exactly what I would say. So that's Absolutely. Funny. That's good. That's good. And so invariably, you're only really, first of all, 
you're focused on trying to give demonstrations instead of having conversations. Right. Let me show you how it works because it all starts off as feature benefit and bits, bots, and bots, bytes, right? Right. Get out of that. Start having conversations. Stop giving presentations. The other thing I would say is stop leaning on your demo uh -huh, because yeah. sometimes your demo is not even needed, but no. you've now entered more nonsense and unnecessary pieces in the in the buyer's journey that even needs to be there right the next thing i would say is take discount out of your vocabulary yeah because discounts are not for your prospects to buy discounts are for you to be able to sell something right and discounts are only required in the absence of value yeah, and I think you're uh, actually you're completely right. I don't think you I th you are completely right. When when the first time founders come, they come in with the perspective of, I have a hundred features that you want, mm -hmm. and and you know buy it. I believe me, it's going to work. And it's less you're right. It's less them listening, and trying to understand what the value they can provide. And it becomes more they're listening to look for the cues in which they can say my product solves that, right? It's Bingo. You're sometimes it's not about solving problems, right? right? And here's the final piece I'll give you. We all focus as founders on our key differentiation. Uh -huh. We can articulate uh, our competitive advantage. The problem is we're not very good at the last thing. And that is com um, business value. Yeah. And I define business value as this. So Mr. And Mrs. Customer, by partnering with my company only, what we can help you do is one of two things either increase productivity and efficiency right. or decrease pain. We always go after the pain. What if it's not about pain though? Yeah. What's about efficiency and productivity? So don't assume that I've got to find their pain point. I've got to um, create their pain. No, it's not always about pain, right? Yeah. Sometimes so sometimes it's like pain is important, right? Yeah. But I don't care what you sell. Let's say you sell flip-flops, yeah. right? Pain, I can now alleviate some of that because I can give you those shoes that you can put on and you can still be outside when it's hot. Yep. But what if it's about productivity and efficiency? What if you sell, I don't know, umbrellas? Mm -hmm. I know we're all tech folks, but I wanna keep it very basic. Right? Yeah, yeah. What if you sell umbrellas? Umbrella doesn't help you with pain. What it helps you with is productivity and efficiency because you can still go out and do what you need to do That's right. with that under the shade of your umbrella. That's right. Otherwise, so it's one of those, it's always been one of those things where the light bulb kind of comes on. Yeah. You go, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that, you're right. Because at the end of the day, they're always taught, find the pain, squeeze the pain, sell the pain. And you're totally right in the sense of just taking a step back and just saying, you know, it's not always about the pain. It's it's literally understand. Like, I, I think it always comes back to having an understanding of what it is that your client is even looking for. It all comes back to why. Yeah. We're so focused on what and how. It all comes, I'm, I'm a very basic, simple guy. Yeah. It all goes back to why, right? And let's assume that it is pain. The yeah. problem is who's teaching your sellers that when you get that pain, how do you then um, define, how do you get them out of that pain? Right. Is it an aspirin? Is it Vicodin? Is it Valium? Or is it an extraction? Right. But if you don't know how to the right questions to ask to get to that piece, it, you can't ever diagnose it. If you can't diagnose it, then guess what? You can never address it. That's right. So, you know, as as founders, I mean, I always believe them to be 
the the number one sales guy in your company. I mean, at the end of the day, you if- you better be. <laughs> if you can't sell it, nobody's gonna buy no, it. Exactly. So, how do you suggest? Like, because for example, when I started, um, and and I mean like quarter two point like not the mm-hmm. you and I met, but um, you know. When, when I started, I was selling and I have a very unique approach and I take the same approach as what you just mentioned. I'm very like tailored around the entire concept of value. How do I give you value? Like sometimes I'll even tell my customer, I'm like, you know what? I'm not really a fit for you, but here's where I think you can see more value, right? Do you realize um, that'll help you sell more by saying that? It because does. now I trust you. You're- and when I do have something that you can help solve, you're always going to be top of mind for me. That's right. That's exactly what has happened. But try teaching that to someone else, like what you use, because to me, it's very natural, right? And yeah. like you said, it's it's one of those scenarios where it's like, you better be a good salesman because other, no one else is going to be selling your stuff. Um, but how do you, how, do you, how do you bring on your first sales guy? How do you bring on that first guy where you're going to say, here's the baton, please go and sell my product because now I don't have time to do it. Well, I think there's a couple of things. One starts with, because there's not enough acronyms out there, let me throw you another one out there. We all know ICP, right? Yep, ideal. What about, I, what about IEP, the ideal employee profile? Interesting, okay. Because it depends upon where you are in that maturation cycle. If you bring in someone that's super seasoned, have they ever actually understood and sell, sold in a startup? Because right. we both know whole different ball game completely different ball game right? and and secondly as founders most are not very good at, at um writing down process always <laughs> their documenting process if you don't document that how can you scale automate and replicate it you're you're lucky if you can get them to even write a scope for the contract <laughs> bingo exactly the other piece i would say is stop trying to recreate the wheel Okay. Get your friends, your co-founders inside of your cohort, inside of your inner circle and say, hey, what's your contract look like? Hey, what does XYZ look like? Can I borrow? Can I leverage that? Or just tell them outright. I'm not trying to recreate the wheel. When I started as a consultant, I reached out to about 10 of my friends that had been consulting for years and said, what's your contract look like and why is it written this way? What does your pitch deck look like and why? What does your travel and expense policy look like and why? Get to the It's amazing how open people will be with you. And I mean, people that technically we were competition. Yeah. But at the same time, there's enough pie out there for all of us. The last thing I will say is um, as you're talking to those prospects, Mm -hmm. Stop talking so much. I have people pitch me all the time, all the time. I'm like, can can I just tell you where my pain is? Can I tell you how I think I need some productivity and efficiency? Can I tell you what's going inside of my business? So I've realized there's one question that sellers, even seasoned sellers, but absolutely in founders that they never ask in a prospect meeting. And it's probably what kills deals the most. It's a simple question. So we always find out about what's going on inside the business. What's the goals? What's the objectives? What's the OKRs? Yeah. No, that is ROI. You've read the book. I'm going to talk now about COI, the cost of inaction. 
Yeah. And it's a simple question that goes like this. So, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, here's what you can, and the company will get by only partnering with my company. Right. But what's in it for you personally? Will you get a bigger seat at the table? Will you get a promotion? Will it get yeah. you out of the doghouse? Will it get you a larger vote or voice? Because minus getting the answer to that, we always say, oh, you got to go find a champion and develop a champion. What's the best way to develop a champion, a true champion? Get Ask it. them what's in it for them. What's the with them for you? Yep. And it's yep. amazing how much they will blossom and open up and tell you things that in some cases, as a seller and as a founder, they told me things I probably shouldn't have even been told. <laughs> but because I built that true relationship with them, then now they trust me. Secondly, if I trust you, I will buy from you. Yeah. And that that's what it is, I think, in today's world. Like, I think cold emailing and all those things, like, sure, it might work. It, it is a there's number. There's a price for yeah. it. Yeah. There's but a if that's what you're counting on to keep your business open, close it now. <laughs> exactly, right? It just, it's so unpredictable. It becomes very... Um, Un, unsustainable too, because you're, you're absolutely there's yeah. no scale to that. There's no scale to that. But, not, and let me be clear. I'm not saying outbound prospecting is dead because it's far from dead. No, no. It's how you but alone and only. Yeah. No, you can't yeah. do that. And so, you know, one of the biggest things that I find most of our um, tech companies that we work with, um, you know, developing their software, the first thing that they'll always say to us or you know, to them is, you know, I won't get fired for, for, uh, you know, approving Microsoft, but I would get fired for approving, let's say corridor, for example, how do you, you haven't shown value if that, if you ever hear, I like that. Okay. You have not shown any value. All you've shown is that they are a number on a board. There's something that can be thrown up, uh, as part of a forecast call and it's end of quarter, so I'll discount if if, if I, I need to. Yeah. No. Again, yep. I will say what I said earlier, man. Discounts are in place of showing true value. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So let's give a good example of like, for example, a value you being given to a potential customer. I mean, we all know what value is, right? Like, yeah, we get it. But a founder needs to understand what... And I actually, I, you did answer this question. You you specifically said, you know, what's in it for you? And you're right. No one says that. No one even asks that. It's so simple, oh, but it's rarely ever asked. Yeah, that is true. And so just trying to understand where they're coming from, that is where <laughs> the value really is stemmed from. And it's from the why. It's why do you want to even go productive or be more become more efficient because yeah. once you can sell the value of that it's really hard to put a nominal value to it mm -hmm. well it, it goes back to that that cost of inaction it's a simple cost question also yeah and it's what will happen if you don't yeah right will your company fall behind in the technology curve will your competitors jump ahead of you are you no longer seen as viable and cutting edge as we all need to be in tech yeah and what if we could help you either maintain or enhance fill in the blank and I, and then just shut up and listen <laughs> it's it's actually amazing how salespeople do not do that enough like they literally just love to talk 
But I think that's their insecurity for not really knowing how to sell the value. And I think it just comes to like, I'm just going to spill whatever I possibly can to you just so something will click. Um, it's actually interesting you say that. I don't know if you've ever read the book, uh, Flip the Script. Um, oh. Yeah, that one, you just, you're, that's what you're saying. Um, and it literally is exactly that. So, um, yeah, I love this. Uh, Roderick, thank you so much for your time. And I appreciate you 100%. And uh, I, I love following you along with you on LinkedIn. And, um, you know, anybody uh, that's listening to this, please go look at uh, Roderick's book. We'll put it um, in, uh, in the comments down below so that you can get a direct link to it. Um, it's an amazing book. Um, for first-time founders, for just understanding um, how sales can thrive under some really good circumstances, in essence. Um, or so even in some bad ones. Or even in some bad ones, exactly. And, uh, and uh, yeah, really appreciate your time. And uh, do you have any final comments, uh, thoughts, anything you want to tell any potential founder tech guy coming into the industry? First of all, thank you again for the opportunity. And it's great to catch up with you. And I'm going to end this the same way you started. Excellent. You can't hope that you can get seed money. You can't hope that you've got a viable product. You can't hope that people are going to buy from you. You can't hope that this thing is going to take off and go viral. Yeah. You can't hope that you get acquired and or go public. Because at the end of the day, hope is not a strategy i love it i love it you ended it perfectly it's almost like you're professional <laughs> allegedly allegedly <laughs> my, my lawyer said that absolves us from all things just okay. allegedly. allegedly perfect all right With a head to allegedly. <laughs> awesome thank you so much for your time uh founders corner thank you guys for all being here um until next time quarter out 